Well, Rosara, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. So good to see you again. Uh, can you share with us a little bit about when you arrived at Magdala and what your role was there, how you started working on that project? Well, first of all, thank you for the invitation. I'm very glad and honored that, that you are doing this interview. Thank you. So <laughs> it's been 10 years now since I started in Magdala. I started in August 2010 as a volunteer. I just decided to go there and to help in the excavation of the city of, of Mary Magdalene. And suddenly, 10 years after that, completely advocated to the site. And I love to go there to the excavations and I hope to continue. 10 years, wow, that's, <laughs> a long, that's a long time, which gives you a long time to ponder the site, discover what's there. And so I wanted to ask you, um, you know, walking around Magdala, digging there, had, are there any moments when you thought what was it like for Mary Magdalene to live here? I, I think everybody going to, to Israel, you have to visit. First, to visit Israel, and second, to visit the Holy Land. If you visit the Holy Land, then you will be immersed in the first century. At least once in your visit, you will think about, so this is how it was. So this is how the lake and the Sea of Galilee really looks like. So this is where Jesus walked, where Mary Magdalene walked. So once you do that, you are visiting the Holy Land. So of course, living there after 10 years, many times I have thought about that. And from silly things, you know, like the sunrise, the sunset, or probably the, these very heat days that the temperature is horrible. And you imagine Mary Magdalene saying the night, wow, it was a terrible day. <laughs> and then of course, the most deep and meditating things about being there like this is where Jesus walk. So every time walking the ancient city, you start w thinking about all of these, mm -hmm. and not not only about Mary Magdalene. I mean, all the all the characters of the gospel. If you have time, you will ask about Mary, the mother of Jesus, or maybe just the commoner. And that's so beautiful because you can reflect as a commoner. Probably I will be that woman just I don't know washing something, washing my pots, and seeing Jesus walking. And that's being part of the Holy Land also. Yes. Yeah. yeah all the, the um, but your experience as an archaeologist um, yes. digging there, it all, it really must immerse you in wondering what the first century lifestyle was like, um, and uh, and as you mentioned, being that commoner, just seeing Jesus walk down the street as you're washing your pots. Um, so did did you ever have any special moments, or can you recall uh, kind of pondering? those what it must have been like maybe even for mary magdalene but for anybody living in the first century to actually come face to face with jesus yes i think you know digging in in the street i was wondering like probably all these shirts were provoked and, and created thanks to all these people walking together and trying to get to jesus and you know the seller of the pot saying like hey you broke something but yes but the master is coming and you have to follow him you know all of these daily life things or probably just wondering about Mary Magdalene saying, oh, just my cooking pot broke. I have to go and buy one. Thanks to Archaeology, you know, there were only two towns where you can buy pots, according to, to the Judean ethos. So you have to follow that, that law. So let's go and buy these pure pots so we can use it to cook something. Mm -hmm. And yes, you can use 
you can elevate everything from the commoner's life to the gospel life because the gospel life is not something very, very exceptional. They were commoners after all that just mm -hmm. decided to follow Jesus. Mm -hmm. So that daily life is what makes it beautiful. Mm -hmm. And also, I don't know, probably you also meditate on that, but mm -hmm. the lake has something kind of magical. Like imagine Mary Magdalene a little bit shy, just following Jesus, you know, like follow him in another boat a little bit back mm -hmm. so then we can reach the other side of the lake and follow him what he's doing mm -hmm. a little bit shy and in silence but after all doing all of these activities i don't mm -hmm. know i like to imagine that yeah but there's one that i want to share with you yeah that it's every year when i get to magala i think about this i was working in 2011 in one of the mikveh that we discovered that it's the ritual baths you know for purification it's not, not only the bath for washing, as you describe in your book, it's the, the ritual bath. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I always wonder, you know, it's a site that has forming out so far discovered. We have the pure water all, all around. The lake itself, it's a ritual purification bath. You can, you can purify yourself in the water. But what's going on that Mary Magdalene, as a character of the gospel, she wasn't able to be pure and to cast away all these demons from her just by following the traditional law. So if she went to the Nibaud and have this ritual purification bath, that was not enough. She mm -hmm. needed from Jesus to, to be pure again. Mm -hmm. And the same happened for the character of this woman that have the, the blood flow mm -hmm. for 12 years, I think it is, right? Mm -hmm. So they had all these laws about purity, but they weren't enough. Yeah. And when, right. I, when I was digging in, in the Nibaud, I thought about that all the time, like, it wasn't enough. They need Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Only Jesus is enough, right? Only yeah. Jesus is enough. That's that's a beautiful reflection. Yeah. And uh, you know, you you came in a certain sense as a commoner to Magdala, you know, a common volunteer. I'm still a commoner. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're very special. <laughs> and uh, and you became one of the main archaeologists. Like how did that possibly happen? It was yourself, Marcella Zapata, Andrea Garza, uh, many others have joined the team, but there were you three core people that were really um, there day in and day out doing most of the work and continuing to do all the reports. So how did that come about? The truth? I have no idea. <laughs> I studied communications in 2008. I visited Israel well, as a pilgrim, just visiting the land, right? Mm -hmm. and I deeply fell in love with it and I felt a calling. So when I came back to Mexico, I said, I have to do something. Mm -hmm. I have to take people there. I have to take my, the young people like myself mm -hmm. that I have a beautiful encounter. Mm -hmm. So most people must see this and experience this. Mm -hmm. I don't know how does it happen, but yeah. everything started to happen right now. Mm -hmm. Like you say, a calling, you really felt that deeper interior movement, I would say that the Lord wants me here. Somehow. I, I did. I did totally. And I still feel it like this mm -hmm. is a place, this is what I meant to be. Mm. So when I came back, Marcela one day just called me and told me, she wasn't a professor in the university, right? But she yeah. knew that I was deeply in love with, with all the land and I wanted to do something there. And she told me, you know, Asinago was just discovered in Magdala. <laughs> and I'm going to see it. And I was like, no, you're so fortunate. I can believe it. It's beautiful. <laughs> and she said, who knows? If something happened, would you like to be my volunteer? And yeah. I say, well, sure, why not? But it was in the future, right? It was, yeah. I didn't expect it. But suddenly the things started to happen. She got the license from the Antiquities Authority and she properly offered the opportunity to be a volunteer. So of course I say yes, of course. Wow. <laughs> a 
after 10 years, I have taken so many volunteers to Israel to help us to excavate, to yes. discover the city of Mary Magdalene. And I'm the most happy person doing that kind of job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would always uh, watch you and the rest of the archaeologists. You know, it wasn't my job to dig in the dirt. Um, I was, my job was more to, you know, promulgate the information or share with the visitors that were coming. But I would always say that you were my heroes on site because you would be working from sometimes six in the morning until two or three o'clock in the afternoon in this over 100 degree heat, 40, 40 degrees Celsius. Yes. And, um, <laughs> and you would persevere and just keep going with a lot of patience and delicacy so as not to break anything you find directing and motivating all of those others that you know maybe it's their first time digging they they thought it was a romantic thing to do and suddenly they realize my knees hurt my back hurts <laughs> so there's there's a lot of sacrifice the involved <laughs> yes the heat there's a lot of sacrifice in, involved in that type of project so what what kept motivating you to keep going you, you know what i remember this story probably you remember him he was a volunteer Mm -hmm. And suddenly he was, as you said, complaining. It's, the heat is horrible, the dirt. But, but I'm so happy here, but I'm tired. And, and he was working a lot. And suddenly he found a plate, mm -hmm. a plate from the first century, actually, pottery plate. And when he found it and discovered what was it, mm -hmm. he started crying. So for me, it was a beautiful story because that's what moved us. Mm -hmm. The tears of someone else. Or when we found a coin and go and share it with the volunteers or with the people who is working in Angola and you say, hey, look, this is a coin from the first century. Mm -hmm. And you are like, wow. Yeah. That's the second yeah. that takes you to say, what's yeah. everything? It's worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, hidden. it's a hidden treasure that you keep hoping to find. And you're just in awe that you actually discovered it. And I can imagine Mary Magdalene, she found her hidden treasure, you know, Jesus. Somebody she was longing to meet and didn't even know it, you know. You, you sometimes don't even know what, what your deeper heart longings are and suddenly boom you know there he was and I don't know if is there um have you have has the site helped you to imagine that um that deeper encounter of her heart with him I don't know exactly the encounter I haven't been able to imagine it probably mm -hmm. I'm more like her belongings I, I try to imagine her her desire to encounter him but not mm -hmm. this specific moment I don't know why yeah. I, yeah. Probably I should take more time, but I think that the, the Holy Spirit inspires different things. Yes. Oh, yes. Everybody. So probably for you, it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It happened on the beach. For me, I, I just imagine it on the beach. But, you know, it's different for every person. There's a sort of gospel imagination that we all have that helps us to imagine maybe that more of that interior experience of meeting him and what that what that was like. So. We all try to identify with her in, in different ways. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you, um, for you personally, did you have any devotion to Mary Magdalene before you came to Magdala? Did you think about her much? And did that change at all, either your concept or understanding of who she was or even um, how, you, how you approached her? Yes, I, I think when I was young, it was as anybody else thought in that time, that it was, she was a prostitute who converted to Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. But suddenly being in Magdala, there was something like, you know, it doesn't match with what I imagined from the first century from mm -hmm. a daughter from Israel, that she was a beloved daughter of Israel following the laws. She was living in the community. So I cannot imagine exactly what the tradition present 
So I remember I came back to Mexico and I asked to some nuns, hey, do you have a novena for Mary Magdalene? And the nuns were so beautiful, like, why do you need a novena for Mary Magdalene? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> because I work there and, and I like to, you know, experience a little bit more a friendship with her. And after many, many years, you created a beautiful novena that rescues. Mm -hmm. Of course, the idea of her being converted, mm -hmm. but the main idea is everything that she follows after mm -hmm. that. I mean, she mm -hmm. continued being faithful to Jesus. Mm -hmm. she, she didn't went like, oh, now I'm cured, thank you, I am free, I'm going to continue my daily labors. No, she yeah. wasn't. Yeah. She continued every day, and you rescued that on your novena. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like it, yeah. and I think it, had, it has helped me a lot to increase this friendship with me, my boy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there. Yeah, many people will focus either on that experience of the demons or <laughs> um, fast forward to a beautiful moment where she's the apostle to the apostles or her encounter with the risen Jesus in the, the garden tomb. But not many think what was it like for her after her conversion or being liberated from those seven demons to actually accompany Jesus. And what was that, you know, what exactly. was it like for her? And um, I know uh, in Magdala, we, we would always share with the volunteers that you are accompanying Jesus. Like you're the ones that are offering the hospitality to all the people that are coming, just as maybe Mary Magdalene had this hospitable spirit towards others or even towards Jesus. Um, so yeah, there's a whole, there's a whole realm of um, her life that we, we haven't really reflected on very much. And Magdala, yes. I think, helps us to do that a little bit more. I don't know if it happens to you, but mm -hmm. it must be difficult, right? For a woman in the first century to follow a rabbi with his apostles and to follow him back from Magdala to Jerusalem, that it will take one week walking, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it will be tired, it will be difficult. And she did it so, as yeah. well as other women. And that's amazing from the gospel. It mm -hmm. mentions there are many women also following Jesus, not only the yes. men, quite an example. Yeah, those few words, you know, many other women, they followed Jesus around Galilee. It, I mean, there's just so much for the scope of imagination right there, all right? And <laughs> yes. to try to apply to our own life. You know, how, how do I follow Jesus around Galilee? How do I follow him all the way to the foot of the cross in Jerusalem? Yeah, so she gives us a lot of food for thought if we just keep going deeper. Yes, you're right. But um, how, I wanted to ask you, um, is there anything in particular you have asked her for that you could share with us? Is, do you ever see her as an intercessor for particular things or she's just kind of there as a friend yes of course i have to confess something sometimes i am like mary i'm working for you i'm working for your site you know what it's below that soil so help us please <laughs> <laughs> and help us you know with the facilities because after all you have all these license you have all these other people having commentaries someone that it's better than you trying to get what you're doing mm -hmm. someone that just have a lot of things to say about what you're doing, commentaries, mm. and sometimes it's tiring, and mm. we need to be humble and ask for her, like, please help us, it's your site, we are working, you know, for kingdom of God, that's, mm -hmm. that's the thing, that's what we are doing this. Of course, we have, we have this professional line that it's like, we are doing archaeology, it's biblical archaeology, but we have to be very professional, but in the other way, you know that the public that goes to this site are searching for this spiritual connection. Mm -hmm. So we also work for that. So, mm -hmm. so we need to ask her intercession a lot. Also to teach us to mix this professional life with also 
the public that we are attending and the, and the people who is willing to know more about the humanity of Jesus walking mm -hmm. this land and about Mary Magdalene and her friendship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So wow. she's that's been a, a great intercessor, yeah. I think. She has helped us a lot. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing to ask of her to integrate those, um, all these different yes. aspects of our life. Yeah, and I'm sure she had to had a little bit of integration in her own person to do, you know, as she <laughs> tried to reconcile what her what her um, what the difficult experiences were in following Jesus versus you know that that deep desire and longing in her heart to follow him. So it's a great example for us. Well, I wanted to ask, if, is there um, anything else you'd like to share with us about the site? Uh, and, uh, and if you think just how is, how is Mary Magdalene relevant to us today and people your, your age in particular? Yes, I think, well, she's a great example. I can't imagine, I mean, as a woman, she, read those, she, she did great things for the first century. But also, I don't think that it was like, you know, the leadership of the community and she was, no, no, no. I think in her right way, she was following the law, she was following Jesus. She was kind of relaxed and trying to integrate the community as a woman. So woman used to do. So that's a great message for us. Yeah. She was a friend. So we need to ask her to help us to be more friends of, of Jesus from the character of the Gospels and from the people who surround us. But there's something very special about her. I don't know if you ever thought about it in Magdalena. But the idea of the saints is that they point out to Jesus, right? They show, show us the way to get to Jesus. Yes. So every time you visit Magdala, yes, of course I think about her. Of course mm -hmm. I go on and say, probably she walk here. But I think that still nowadays, once you enter mm -hmm. to the synagogue, the first thought is what Jesus taught mm -hmm. here. And yes. Jesus walked these streets. And, and that's what she's doing. Even if we visit the site that has her name, well, she has the name of the site, but yes. we visit this site, we still face to you mm -hmm. Jesus. And, and that's a great example even nowadays that she's still working as a saint yes. in encouraging us to be friends of Jesus because we mm -hmm. still think about this every time yes. we walk the land and that's quite beautiful I think. Wow Rosara I think that is exactly what resonated in my heart in Magdala that um, <laughs> with any focus that we have on Mary Magdalene she's always taking that focus and pointing us back to Jesus so She's being faithful to what we see of her in the Gospels. She's announcing the good news. I've seen the Lord. And she just wants to tell us, look, here's the Lord. Here's the Lord Jesus. Look to him. So, yes, yeah, she's, she's been a, a good friend to us both and uh, keeps pointing us the yes. way to Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Amen. She's a good friend also. Yes. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, Rosada. We're so happy that you can keep going back to Magdala and thank you for all your hard work there um, for exposing the site and letting everybody else enjoy it after all your hard work and sacrifice. So we Thanks hope to you. see you. We hope to see you there when um, all of this trouble, trouble of the corona lifts again. <laughs> of course. And let's meet again in Magdala, hopefully. <laughs> Sounds like a great, great plan. Thank you. Yes. Thanks to you.